0: welcome back to who knew we didn't my name is marta and my partner in podcast here is megan hey hey here at who knew we didn't we talk about psychology and psychological things and how they apply to your daily life today we are talking about gender dysphoria and this is megan's episode i'm just going to be asking (laughs) questions um yeah so let's let's just dive right in megan okay
1: sweet um yeah so what is gender dysphoria what is gender dysphoria you know what that's a really good question to start with considering it's the topic of today's episode <laughs> thanks um, thought of it myself. <laughs> gender dysphoria is the distress a person experiences as a result of their sex and gender that they were assigned at birth like not lining up okay so that immediately leads me
0: into my next question what's the difference between sex and gender because you use them interchangeably there
1: uh well no i did not use them interchangeably but they are often used interchangeably so sex is the biological distinction of an organism between male female or intersex defined by like their reproductive organs uh that that organism has hmm. um yeah but gender is more like the range of characteristics that pertain to or like differentiate between male or female masculine and feminine and depending on the context the the characteristics used to identify gender could be biological like the state of being male or female or intersex um could be sex-based social structures like gender roles or it could be gender identity which is the like personal sense like one's own sense of one's own gender Mm -hmm. and sidebar i want to mention intersex here intersex is basically like people who are born with any of several variations of those character of like sex characteristics so that could be chromosomes could be like like sexual sex organs um, genitals as they are sometimes called Um, and according to the UN office of the high commissioner for human rights um, people who are intersex do not fit the typical definitions for male or female bodies
0: okay so this is sounding a little bit like something diagnosable you know I've got to ask is it in the DSM
1: it is okay yeah like gender dysphoria you mean yes yeah gender dysphoria is part of the DSM so Uh, Actually, the DSM used to refer to this as gender identity disorder, but it was reclassified as gender dysphoria in 2013 when the DSM-5 was released. Um, And it was reclassified to better align with the medical understanding of the condition and also to remove some of the stigma um, that's associated with the word disorder disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, So the APA, the American Psychiatric Association, they actually are the the publishers of the DSM, and they state that gender nonconformity is not in itself a mental disorder. The critical element of gender dysphoria is the presence of clinically significant distress associated with the condition. And the DSM-5 also moved this diagnosis out of the sexual disorders category and actually moved it into its own category and subtyping by sexual orientation was deleted as well so the dsm-5 did change uh quite a few things about how this is like classified um and oh go ahead no sorry i was just saying good sexual orientation shouldn't be yeah right on part of right on they like it was a good move on the APA's part, and also the diagnosis for children was separated from that for adults as gender dysphoria in children, and the creation of a specific diagnosis for children really reflects the lesser ability of children to have, like, insight into what they're experiencing or, like, the ability, maybe not insight, but the ability to express what they're feeling in the event that they have that insight so like a kid might know that they are are experiencing gender dysphoria but may not have the ability to properly express that to you know their families or the people around them and and that sort of thing i'm personally not super wild about this statement because like in my opinion you know who you are Mm. you know Mm -hmm. um and like i suppose that though that children might not have the language like that that I can wrap my head around like I think a kid would know I just think yeah yeah maybe they wouldn't know how to tell someone what they're feeling it's a, but they would know what they're feeling
0: yeah it's a tough subject like it's a tough thing to you know none of us that are making these decisions for children are actually children like we're all adults so how should we
1: yeah absolutely and also like what's right for one might not be true for everybody i don't know we're going to talk more about this in a little bit like the whole you know who you are thing we're going to talk about that in a little bit so so maybe hang on to that
0: okay uh so the dsm usually lists like signs or symptoms Mm -hmm. symptoms is kind of a weird way to say it but what are some of the signs or symptoms of gender dysphoria
1: so let, let's start with children um so with children it could be things like disgust at their own genitalia um mm-hmm. social isolation from their peers anxiety i know right like it not fun mm-hmm. um loneliness and depression according to the apa transgender children are more likely to experience harassment and violence in school or foster care or residential treatment centers or homeless centers or juvenile justice programs than other children so basically like kids um, in who are experiencing that like transgender children are more likely to experience harassment is basically what I'm trying to say here and the DSM-5 indicates that gender dysphoria in individuals assigned male at birth tends to follow one of two pretty broad trajectories there's early onset and there's late onset so early onset gender dysphoria is behaviorally visible in childhood sometimes um, these ch- children would identify perhaps as gay for a period of time. Mm. Um, And late onset gender dysphoria does not include visible signs in early childhood, but some individuals who experience late onset gender dysphoria reported wishing to be female during their childhood, but not reporting it to others. So again, that like not having the language. Um, And often individuals with late onset will be attracted to women and will frequently engage in transvestic behavior which is a word that was new for me transvestic what even? um like transvestite like
0: but is that a word that we're like is that a politi- politically correct word transvestite
1: like i don't know that it's a politically correct word one thing i'm really noticing from all of my research here is that it's very hard to be politically correct and have an honest discussion about this is true. gender it's yeah. like like rife with complication
0: well that i think opens up a larger uh discussion about like how important is it to be politically correct while you're discussing tough topics like yeah like don't be disrespectful and rude but for example like on college campuses this is a whole thing that like academic discourse has made way for political correctness and safe spaces and now there's no nobody's like challenging their opinions and nobody's getting their opinions challenged and we have a whole bunch of like safe space products anyway but yeah so you're like i agree with you i'm with you on the it's very tough to be politically correct and also have a good productive honest conversation
1: it is and like i will recommend this a little later but there is a ted talk that i watched i'm not going to reference it i just kind of like saw it while i was researching um and it was about this woman who um her husband realized later in his life that he wanted to transition into female and like it was about kind of like how their marriage fell apart and that her story and her husband's story of going through that together and like ultimately splitting up doesn't fit the narrative that mm-hmm. society wants for somebody who's transgender to be able to transition like you're supposed to be happier at the end stay of it with
0: them and love them yeah
1: and but just like the the individual is supposed to be upset first and happy later after they transition yeah, and that yeah. isn't the truth for her husband, yeah. um, after transitioning into female, actually went through, like, wild depression and, and like, really changed who they were, obviously, yeah. but in a way that was not positive, that, like, did not improve their life and in a lot of ways hmm. made things really not so great. Anyway, she talked about how, like, her story is really inconvenient, but mm-hmm. it's not getting talked about because... You don't want to offend anybody, but like if we're actually talking about helping transgender people and like uh, engaging the whole community, we have to engage people who fall outside of the narrative we want for this. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, didn't mean to rant there, no. but yeah. I hear you. She, she, a complex topic. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, back to back to my notes. Um, some some interesting statistics on gender dysphoria in children, by the way. In England, gender clinics used to see just a few children, and almost all of them were prepubescent male. Um, but the number of girls being seen in gender clinics has risen from 40 in the year 2009-2010. Percentage to, or just like the number? No, 40 children, like oh. individual children. But. Yeah, to... 1,806 Fuck. in 2017-18, so like huge jump in yeah. just like seven or eight years, right? Um, and that's just in Britain, but clinics in countries all over the world report similar rises in, in girls coming. And um, and some other stats gathered from gender identification services, uh, GIDS in England, um, trying to determine why a child wishes to change their sex, found that about 13% of those seen by GIDS or GIDS, as I was calling it when I was researching it, um, have, sounds good. G- GIDS <laughs> yeah, for kids. GIDS, uh, have an autistic spectrum disorder compared with just 1% of the population. So like 1% of the population has an autism spectrum disorder, but 13% of people being seen by kids have an autism spectrum disorder, which can lead to like really obsessive, um, rigid thinking about social categories. Um, So I just thought that was an interesting thing to include. That's interesting, but also like potentially,
0: oh, what's, I had the word in my mind, but like, it's not Like, it's potentially bad
1: territory to,
0: like, have that so closely associated because then, like, what if one gets written off for the other? Yeah. That's what I'm worried about.
1: But, again, like, shows you that it's tricky and, like, it's not just like I think that we really want things to be simple and gender is we're realizing is a really complicated thing mm-hmm. it's really complex and and we don't know how to talk about it like we say you know children might not have the words to express it themselves but like we're adults and we don't know the words to use either it's, yeah it's com. it's we want it to be simple but it's complex and we as
0: people who we as cisgendered people like it's 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 not something that we're struggling with so we don't have an opinion on like keep it simple stupid like you just fucking are there are an ally and you support these people who are struggling
1: yeah yeah but also I'm wondering like we we don't have the words for it and we like for things to be politically correct and like for for the the story of 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 a transgender person like like for accepting that transgenderism is a thing and like you can't argue that there's just male and female and you are whatever you're born as with your whatever genitals you got (laughs) when you were born yeah um like we're learning that we have to have that conversation but that's complicated so I think maybe we try to oversimplify things like we create this ideal story and like when stuff falls outside of it it is inconvenient and like we don't talk about that
0: generally just don't be hateful and stupid if somebody tells you their preferred pronouns don't say well my preferred pronoun is apache helicopter be curious about people and like just yeah just don't be a shit
1: and like if it doesn't mean anything to you like not if it doesn't mean anything to you if if you think that that someone specifying their preferred pronoun is obnoxious like it can't change what you think but like you know understand what's... that it's important to that other person. So yeah. like let them say their pronoun and use the pronoun and like just be respectful.
0: You know what else is obnoxious? Not feeling like you're the correct gender.
1: <laughs> way more way more than just obnoxious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um
0: okay. sorry. We're like what? 10 minutes in and I'm already <laughs> preaching.
1: <laughs> no, me too. Me too, man. It like <laughs> it I kind of this whole topic it's really fascinating and it was cool to learn about, but it made me feel really stupid the more i read and the more i tried to learn yeah where i just was like this is like big yeah it's really big and like the more i learn about it the more i feel like i don't know or the more like questions i have which i suppose is good um it of course it's good like you should have more questions and the fact that we ask them is is good for our future right um but yeah I just kind of kept feeling like oh fuck there's another thing that like I've never conceived of yeah yeah um anyway I'm gonna let you finish (laughs) (laughs) back to some of the the facts that I found um in adults so we were talking about children in adults oh sorry one last thing about children around 40% of children seen by kids are depressed so like depression is very very high in children who are experiencing gender dysphoria. And we Um, don't know
0: how that compares to the regular population. No,
1: I don't have that. Um, In adults, um, you have increased risk for stress, isolation, anxiety, depression, poor self-esteem, and suicide. Uh, Transgender adults have an extremely high rate of suicide attempts. One study of around 6,000, a little over 6,000 transgender Transgender adults in the United States found that 41% had attempted suicide compared to a national average of 1.6 percent. Yeah,. Fuck. Um, and it also found that suicide attempts were less common among uh, transgender adults who said that their families had remained strong after they came out. Um, but even those transgender individuals at comparatively low risk were still much more likely to have attempted suicide than the general population.
0: This actually, there was something pretty recently where, did you hear about the scandal with the Victoria's
1: Secret fashion show? Mm, what was the scandal? I don't know.
0: I, I don't know if it was like the CEO or something or like founder, but he was like, yeah, we will not be having transgender models in Victoria's Secret fashion show, whatever, whatever. Like he said something super insensitive. But like a moron. Yeah. But immediately got like, he hard, a hard for it. Yeah. And then he, he, I'm pretty sure we're not retracted a statement, but he's like, I acknowledge that. was a dink whatever whatever but yeah it's actually very very on topic because I think that happened like two or three days ago
1: wow no I did not hear that that's upsetting and also I just gave away how far in advance we record our episodes sometimes (laughs) (laughs) that's okay yeah yes we have to record far in advance um but wow that's heavy that's really heavy um transgender individuals are also at a heightened risk for other mental disorders uh like eating disorders which is something i did not know but yeah there's a quite a bit of comorbidity
0: Ooh, yes yes that's how i say that word i got it right yeah girl yeah 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 um so okay so you mentioned children you mentioned adults is there like a typical time that gender dysphoria occurs or like when does it
1: happen like when does it occur yeah um (laughs) as far as when in life i have no freaking clue i have no clue at all cool, 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 again cool. going back to this idea of a uh, narrative um we want to think that um it's something you always know it's intrinsic and you know from like from the time that you're able to express yourself you like we want to believe that like if you're transgender in adulthood like you've always wanted to be transgender and like you've just come to that realization kind like being gay yeah yeah totally um like that you just know who you are intrinsically from the time you are born. Um, But again, the more research I found, it was sort of like, this is inconvenient and it doesn't fit that. And it's not a popular opinion, but there are many who report, you know, not having like that, that woman um, from the TED talk, I mentioned her um, husband who decided later in life that he wanted to transition into female or she, pardon me, um, had never felt that way in in Hmm. youth. Yeah. Did not feel that way at all growing up. Um, but basically, this,
0: this goes so aggressively against the narrative. Like,
1: yeah, it does. Um, but basically, it occurs when a person is suffering discontent due to their gender identity and causing emotional distress. Like, and and as far as when that happens in life, I don't have any answer for you. I don't think that we have a clear answer in society. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's an unpopular thing to talk about and I worry that maybe it's not getting attention and it probably should um and also it gives people like um like
0: a license to discount whether or not like if somebody says like oh yeah I've never felt this way before but like only last year like I'm 30 something years old and only last year did I start feeling like I'm well then like
1: is that person invalid because they didn't think about it from childhood like do they not get to move forward with what they know about themselves now yeah like,
0: or like what's going on what caused this like yeah is it something reversible like will they transition and then what
1: how confusing yeah, yeah. um anyway a lot of researchers disagree about the nature of what distress means so like that that kind of definition I gave you included the word distress and there is a lot of disagreement around what distress means some people suggest that um, people with gender dysphoria suffer because they are stigmatized and victimized and that if society had less strict gender divisions then um, transgender individuals would suffer much less probably true if Mm. we had less less define gender roles that's that's probably Mm -hmm. true but Mm -hmm. others think that it could be heritable and that there could be a genetic influence or that gender dysphoria originates in prenatal development so like even misunderstandings about that right
0: i don't know if it was um shit i think maybe it was radiolab this american life No, probably radiolab but it was about somebody who switched back and forth
1: oh have you ever read the book self by jan martel Mm mm-hmm cool book
0: but yeah it was somebody who like just he couldn't predict when it would happen but sometimes he was a he sometimes she was a she
1: yeah that's kind of what happens in self it's uh like the book I would say is in three parts and I think it begins uh the character does not have a name and does not have a gender throughout the whole book but like it's really cool of course yeah Martel um but yeah it's like it's just called self because that's so oh, it is yeah it's I'll lend it to you if you would like to read it mm-hmm. um but yeah I think starts out as identifying male transitions to female and like in the book I mean it's a work of fiction of course but in the book it's like I woke up female
0: mm-hmm. and then like I woke up male I wrote a short uh wrote I read a short novel like a short story um about a transgender teen and it was like, it was very, very short, but it was just so well written. I can't remember the name. This is, this is going nowhere. But I have also read transgender fiction. <laughs> and it was very
1: good. Yeah. And very touching. It's, it's, it is an interesting topic and is for inconvenient and difficult as it is. I think it's just something like pay attention to, learn yeah. about, like it will be uncomfortable for a really long time.
0: And also the book like that d- doesn't tell you
1: what gender or like, why the kid? Because it
0: starts out, the boy is being bullied. And like, it doesn't explain why. And only like, in the final chapter or two, do you find out why? Because their name is Alex with an I, A-L-I-X. And so it's just kind of like, you don't know why they're being bullied until the end. That's why it stood out that you were also under, rat no, in the dark held in the dark oh yeah there you go
1: go on (laughs) that's cool that's very cool it made me think when i was researching uh i kept thinking about like how do you name your child and like Mm -hmm. we have so many gendered names in english well in every country i'm sure or every language i'm sure but um uh, taylor's family he and his brothers all have like fairly gender neutral names yeah and i never thought about it before Did his parents consciously make that choice? I don't know. Maybe they just like the name, but it made me think like, if I have a kid, should I give it a gender neutral name so that I'm not like putting something on them? Like,
0: I also kind of just really like gender neutral names. Like, so my ex wanted to name if we had a boy Logan and I just also like that as a girl's name. So like, I'm fucking taking that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Legit. Yeah. I have a couple of, of gender neutral names picked out for myself. Go keep them secret. But yeah, Um, sorry, getting back to like the The topic topic at hand. hand, Yes. Um, When does it occur? So I want to talk a little bit about some historical theories, Mm. Um, because like for as much as this is complicated and it's really in the news now and it feels like this is maybe not a conversation that we were having forever. This is not a new concept. Like gender dysphoria is not new at all. Someone being born in a sex that does not match their gender identity, not new. No. No, Um, but some early theories that sought to explain why someone would want to change their sex pointed to external causes like childhood sexual abuse where an individual might reject their body because it had been violated. Um, Other early theories suggested more internal causes, uh, almost like a disorder, like like, uh, body image, like anorexia or something like that, or something called, and I had never heard of this before, new word sorry if i butcher it autogenophilia autogynophilia i don't know how to say it um but it's a sexual kink in which a heterosexual man finds the idea of himself as a woman erotic and i was like what the fuck is that i have never heard of that before that's wild i feel like i feel like that doesn't sound too outlandish to me but no not outlandish I but like, like had never heard a name for it that's yeah that's the thing yeah Anyway... um, Don't yuck someone's yum, I guess. I guess. (laughs) <laughs> um, but the dominant theory today came out of two other lines of thinking. Um, one from an American named Robert Stoller, a psychoanalyst working with transgender um, individuals who actually coined the phrase gender identity, by which he meant complex system of beliefs about oneself, a sense of masculinity or femininity. Um, and the other is from a man who I think is also American named John Money or Moni. I think it's money. Let's call him money. I hope it's money. It's spelled money. It's spelled money. Um, Say it like you spell it. Anyway, he was a sexologist who emphasized gender roles um, made up of all of the things that a person says or does to disclose themselves as being male or female. And he believed that these things were malleable in early childhood and recommended that this kind of nuts um he recommended that baby boys with abnormal genitalia be surgically altered to appear female and then yep. be brought up as girls yep yep yep. and the best known you're saying yep 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 like you know exactly what i'm about to say so the best known of these patients uh was a man named david reimer and he was miserable so after learning the truth about what had happened to him in childhood he reverted back to living as a male in his teens but became chronically depressed and eventually took his own life in 2004
0: no no this was the thing like this was a thing until pretty recently like it if a child was born uh hermaphroditic they would select the gender for them and i'm pretty sure it was always female that they chose because it was just like easier or something and so they just like they just chose the gender for the kid or the sex no gender uh sex sex. biological sex they chose the sex for the kid and the kid didn't get to like can
1: you imagine yeah fucked
0: yeah and so like so many children had
1: genital surgery and they didn't know like you ever seen the show freaks and geeks yeah Doesn't that happen to Seth Rogen's character's girlfriend where she comes out to him and says like I was born with like male and female
0: genitalia and
1: I was I'm sure there's this scene where like they're in his room and he like he's complicated yeah Freaks and Geeks was heavy man um he was really confused about it and eventually it all worked out but like she says this thing where she's like I'm lucky because this was right for me yeah but okay. there is always this part of me that is going to wonder about blank and like i yeah anyway huh. just made me think of that good show listeners if you are interested freaks and geeks Guys, is a great show it's a uh, disservice to television that it only was on the air for one season
0: guys it has the most loaded cast yeah it's got a mega cast. fucking scene it's and insane
1: like, they continued to work together for years Franco,
0: rogan who else
1: um forgetting sarah marshall the guy oh, why can't yeah. i remember his name right now he's super motherfucking famous <laughs> he's like really really famous oh, fuck.
0: i can't remember it'll come to us maybe regardless
1: we keep digressing oh yeah i'll keep going anyway um another interesting note for you marta because i know that you really love twin studies Mm -hmm. studies done on twins have shown that if one identical twin is gender dysphoric the other is more likely to also be gender dysphoric and Mm. that is not something that is seen in non-identical twins
0: so Um, fraternal
1: yes Otherwise known as non identical. <laughs> this, along with the story about David Reimer, is a really important example because it illustrates that gender roles are innate and that biology doesn't just stop with anatomy. Um, and also within the last 20 years or so, the dominant theory about gender identity has come out, which is essentially that all humans come equipped with an innate gendered sense of who they are. Hmm. Mm hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. So how do you diagnose gender dysphoria? So the APA permits diagnosis of gender dysphoria if the criteria in the DSM-5 are met. Um, The DSM-5 states that at least two of the following criteria for gender dysphoria must be experienced for at least six months duration in adolescents or adults for diagnosis. A strong desire to be of a gender other than one's assigned gender a strong desire to be treated as a gender other than one's assigned gender. A significant incongruence between one's experienced or expressed gender and one's sexual characteristics. A strong desire for the sexual characteristics of a gender other than one's assigned gender. A strong desire to be rid of one's sexual characteristics due to incongruence with one's experienced or expressed gender. It, and or a strong conviction that one has the typical reactions and feelings of a gender other than one's assigned gender. So you have to have at least two of those for six months in adolescence or adulthood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in addition to all of that, the above conditions must be associated with clinically significant distress or impairment. That's a
0: lot of medical speak.
1: It's a lot of... Well, I mean, it is the DSM. Yeah, Yeah.
0: that's true. So do you treat gd gender dysphoria or is there like is there an actual treatment regimen or is it more of a lifestyle management thing or is it just like this
1: is your thing now that you just deal with um again this is a really complicated question and thing to discuss Um, the history of someone changing from one sex to another is actually pretty recent around 1930 when german doctors treating male crossdressers began trying to refashion male genitalia into a likeness of female genitalia and the movie the danish girl is about one of those like early operations and it was fatal for subject.
0: The word refashion just... Mm-mm. You're not a fan of
1: that word? Mm-mm. Do you have a different word you would use?
0: Um, I don't know just refashion just feels yuck.
1: Yeah I mean like this is not I'm not upcycling my genitals here like.
0: <laughs> also like it's not a fashion it's like my genitals maybe just like <laughs> I don't know, convert. again. The
1: words like what words are you supposed to use? This is what I'm talking Surgically about where it's alter. like How are you supposed to there's so many minefields. Oh yeah. Um sorry. No. Fair. It it's not a great way to say it, but it's like a rejig. Like yuck.
0: <laughs> Can you imagine? I'm just gonna read rejig some shit down there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. S- sorry. Uh, no, it's fine. In 1952, Christine Jorgensen, a former soldier, returned to America from Denmark after having male-to-female surgery and hormone therapy. Um, so that was a really successful case that was touted. Um And by the 60s, sex changes became available in several countries and surgeons would generally require patients to live as a member of the opposite sex for some time uh, in an attempt to screen out anyone who might change their mind, was mentally ill, or who had like perverse motives. So for example, a man with voyeuristic desire to like gain access to women-only spaces, for example, which is, I know, a very hot topic of conversation today um we like uh yeah sort of where like people have issues with um transgender individuals using ah, right a, yes. a washroom or something like that mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I, I mean today it's very to use the word you hate it's very out of fashion um <laughs> to say something like that because like go fuck yourself let them go to the bathroom right but,
0: but don't fuck yourself while they're in the
1: yeah bathroom. like and and don't ass- like don't assume so- anyway
0: just real quick I found a squash club in Mississauga that's men's only oh that's but, not uncommon but I was just like wait a second but I want to play squash and I was like kind of outraged and then like my coworker was like but there's women's only gyms and I was like yeah but and then I was like wait a second I there's nothing I can say here like anyway but yeah there's still there's gender separation everywhere not yeah
1: just toilets there's gender separation everywhere I'm gonna Get to that, <laughs> um, and we've already touched on that. But yeah, there's a lot of gender separation and distinction in our society, and that's part of why this is so freaking complicated. Um, but yeah, back in the '60s, that was something that that you know you you had to live in your chosen gender for a while to show that like you were serious about it. Nah. Anyway, the main treatment approaches nowadays are psychotherapy or supporting the individual's preferred gender through hormone therapy um, and gender role expression or surgery. Mm. Perhaps and surgery. Um, This might include uh, psychological counseling, lifestyle changes, physical changes as a result of hormone treatment um, could involve genital surgery, um, electrolysis or laser hair, hair removal, chest surgery or other reconstructive surgeries. And the goal of treatment could be to reduce problems associated with the person's transgender status, like counseling the person to help reduce guilt um, or other negative feelings that they might be struggling with, um, or counseling a spouse to help them adjust to their partner's situation. Um, Hormone treatment or surgery for gender dysphoria is a bit controversial because physical changes might be irreversible. So guidelines have been established to aid clinicians, um, like the World Professional Association for Transgender Health, WPATH. Uh, they have a standards of care. Uh, and there are also guidelines outlined in Guyana Israel and Donald Tarver's Transgender Care. That's a publication. Um, and those treatment guidelines generally follow like a harm reduction model. To talk about some of the biological treatments um they could physically alter the primary or secondary sex characteristics to reduce the discrepancy between someone's physical body and their gender identity like um, we're
0: talking like shaving down your chin or your jawline and your nose or?
1: yeah um or it could be hormone therapy as well that like if you are um i don't know if you are Born with female genitalia and wanting to transition into male, you might do hormone therapy that would like uh, encourage mm. facial hair growth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, it's pretty uncommon to receive biological treatment without also receiving psychotherapy as well, because researchers have found that individuals who forego psychotherapy throughout their biological treatments often become like come to feel lost and confused by the end of their biological treatment so like like it is confusing and like imagine going through all of that like I would want I would want someone to help me with my mental state throughout that so that I come out on the other end the gender I want to be and feeling good about it
0: yeah like tell me what to expect this isn't something that is popularly portrayed through media tell me
1: what to expect expect but just like please let me talk about all the things that are going on with me because I'm fucking confused. And validate me. Validate and, me. Yeah. Just like let me talk. Just be there to let me talk myself through it even. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So to talk about psychotherapy for a little bit, um, until the 70s, psychotherapy was the primary treatment for gender dysphoria and it was generally meant to help the person adjust to the role of the gender that like their physical characteristics at birth Uh assign them to Mm. um some clinicians still only use psychotherapy to treat gender dysphoria but more often nowadays it's used in addition to biological intervention um and psychotherapeutic treatment of gender dysphoria involves helping the patient to adapt and it's been shown that uh, attempting to cure gender dysphoria or like gender identification yeah cure. cure around quotations around cure for sure um by changing the patient's gender identity to reflect their birth characteristics is ineffective so like if you think that you know i like somebody is born male and they want to transition into female if you think that you can put them through psychotherapy to get them to identify as male you're that's ineffective
0: that's like conversion camps for gay kids it
1: is yeah like it's not effective yeah just get on board yo Psychotherapy, hormone replacement therapy, and sex reassignment surgery together can be effective treatment uh, for for gender dysphoria when the WPATH standards of care are followed, and the overall level of patient satisfaction with both psychological and biological treatments is is pretty high. Um, typically, gender clinics try to move slowly, especially with children, offering counseling to help like just explore why a child wants to change their sex um and and gender clinics they might prescribe drugs to delay puberty from around age 12 just to give children more time to work out what they want to do with their bodies Mm -hmm. because changing irreversibly like you you don't want to jump into that i guess (laughs) is there a
0: way to put it there was an episode of the good doctor i've mentioned that show yeah already um that dealt with that and they suggested delaying puberty yeah for a little bit yeah
1: exactly and in britain at least uh gender clinicians don't prescribe cross-sex hormones until age 16 and they don't offer surgery until age 18 but emerging evidence suggests that blockers start a cascade of intervention in which almost every child given them go on to take cross-sex hormones so like blockers i mean like puberty Puberty blockers blockers. Yeah. yeah um it's it's Intervention, but, but most of the time it does lead to that individual wanting cross-sex hormones later.
0: So sort of weird. We're two females who identify as female. So we're cisgendered and we're talking about gender dysphoria together. How are we supposed to understand the experience that a person with gender dysphoria actually goes through? And like, how are we even supposed to understand all of the controversy around the subject?
1: This is like what I struggled with the entire time that I was doing this research was like, I'm really interested in this topic. I really want to talk about this because I think that it's an important thing to talk about and like, I want to see change in the world and Mm -hmm. how we do this for the better. But yeah, what the fuck do I know? Like, I also can't really like personally relate. No. And like, even if I can't personally relate because I've never been through it, like, it's just sort of like, how, how am I supposed to? Mm really understand like i can understand to a point where like i think i'm being an ally but like i don't know how to put myself in that person's shoes yeah yeah um i read a really interesting article in the economist that was published recently in in october um and it basically compared the legal approach to gender identity across several different countries and i'll talk more about the facts and studies uh of that in a few minutes but before getting into all of it i wanted to talk more about the human experience of Mm -hmm. gender dysphoria like you're asking about um this article it describes someone named melissa who said that by the time she was eight she didn't want to be a boy and described puberty as horrific um she was born male
0: fuck i can only imagine like okay yeah go on
1: oh no no all right
0: just if you think you should be a girl and then you just become more of a boy like your balls drop you your Your body betrays you every day yeah Yeah. you just become more of the thing that you don't want to oh my fucking god i didn't even consider that no it's scary especially when if you're like cognizant of it as it's happening yeah oh my god i'm becoming more boy
1: And like this was in the 70s. So she was born male in a small English town in the 70s and had never heard of the term transgender or transsexual or anything like that before. And later on in life, Melissa moved to London and began experimenting presenting as male at work and then female in the evenings. And by the early 2000s, Melissa suffered from intense gender dysphoria. Um, she was quoted as saying the thought of being buried as an old man became simply unbearable. And that was something that really stuck with me that like the thought of dying as this gender is what I can't live with that. Like,
0: is it the idea that you lived your full life as a man or like that you will survive into eternity as a man?
1: Or is it all of that? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, but like it just kind of that, that way of saying it really shook me. Um, So Melissa is now legally classified as a woman and says people take me for what they see and that's all I've ever wanted. Um, So that was just something I wanted to share because I am... Not able to talk about a personal experience, but like I think it's important to talk about the personal experience. So I wanted to share that one. Um, that same Economist article, by the way, quoted that since the Gender Reformation Act in 2004, this is in England, um, about 5,000 Britons have legally changed their sex, but the government guesses that it's about 1% of the population is actually transgender. So that would be about 650,000 people. So they're estimating there are 650,000. English people in in Britain um, who are actually transgender, but only 5,000 have legally changed their sex. Hmm. So what a small subsection of that group.
0: I wonder about the reasoning for that. Like maybe some of them are like there's just no purpose to legally changing your sex because otherwise you identify as the sex that you want to be.
1: Uh, maybe or maybe you're scared maybe you don't know how maybe you you don't know how to identify what you're going through
0: you jump through so many hoops just to change your last name
1: yeah Um, although
0: last name and gender completely different or sex rather it is marta you insensitive shit
1: (laughs) (laughs) but i see the comparison you're trying to make that like it was really hard to change my last name
0: that government is just
1: convoluted and yeah why like something like being married and being female and wanting to change your last name to the same as your husband's, like that's Should something that's forever uh, something we do always, yeah. right? Or like in the history, it's something we've done always, but it's like really challenging to do. Just let me do it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, try gender. <laughs> try changing your gender. Sex. Sex. Fuck. Sorry. see
0: Right. We're the
1: worst, but we're also th- we're trying. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway. The difference between that estimated number of transgender people and the number who officially transition I think could partly reflect just the challenge and like emotional challenges that transitioning involves um mm. but I think mainly it illustrates our limit in our knowledge um like humans all mammals just humans like all mammals um come in two sexes or three if you count intersex as well in that um male and female and and yes there are developmental disorders that uh of the genitals that lead to intersex conditions and that affects around one percent of the population i've found um but all of that rarely leads to ambiguity about which sex a person is gender no sex <sighs> fuck Sorry that I keep using the wrong words. Did you mean gender? I wrote sex. Okay.
0: So sexual organs. Yes. Well don't tend to lead to ambiguity. Like even if you yeah, sexual intersex, sorry, yes,
1: I did mean gender. Sexual organs don't like
0: keep it super simple, right? You know,
1: there's there's female, there's male, there's intersex, all of that combined. Um, like that biological aspect of sex rarely leads to ambiguity about what gender a person is. Okay. And part of what makes humans different is that we live in complex societies and we have a lot of rules around gender. We have like rules around behavior and gender. Um, and it's just hella controversial and like <laughs> hard to articulate and hard to articulate in a way that like, You feel like you're saying the right Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. um or just that you're not saying the wrong thing like but again it's a conversation we need to talk about um from my perspective i think the controversy around all of this really comes about like who has the right to identify a person's gender and also just like ignorance on all sides. Um and like lack of understanding. I say ignorance, but it's just a lack of understanding. Yeah, sometimes you might not know about all of the different intersex conditions and so you might not realize that like yeah, anatomy is complicated too. Um just as complicated as like someone's mental gender identity. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, just a lack of understanding.
0: And also like I think one of the ways that it'll help Transitioning people or like people who want to transition, whatever. Like, one of the ways that we can help it is just like make it less of a thing in society, like make the divide between male and female lesser so that like men are allowed to be vulnerable and emotionally in tune, and like women are allowed to be like strong, take charge people without either one being called a little bitch or a bitch. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: No, totally. Like,
0: let people be ambiguous, let people walk the line, like just. And then it will become easier, I think.
1: I hope. Um, And it is like a really, I think this is a really popular topic lately. And Mm -hmm. that's good um, in a lot of ways because, like, we're going to talk through these things. And like you say, like, we, I think there is a lot of dialogue nowadays about, like, men not having to conform to, like, stupid roles that like mean that they can't be vulnerable or that like they have to be they can't cry or some bullshit like that and that like women can be strong and women don't have to just want to have babies and like we are talking about shit Mm -hmm. like that um Mm -hmm. or the world is talking about shit like that now um but i think like like all of that is really good but what's interesting on the topic of gender dysphoria is that there is a lot of rigidity that comes out of this as well, like that political correctness where, so like an example of this, and again, it's from that Economist article I mentioned, um, they talked about a philosophy professor at Sussex University who wrote a post a few months ago about the lack of discussion of gender self-identification within academic philosophy. And as a result, trans activists called for her to be fired. And even though a lot of other academics privately supported her, most would not publicly speak out about supporting this. Like, yeah, we should be talking about this in academic philosophy. Yeah. Like, but yeah. Anyway, like there's not, always
0: just one single truth like and there's not always just one single right answer and you need to fucking talk about this shit
1: and like i soup i do really understand like um it's not like like coming into it now we talk about transgender now we talk about gender identity now we talk about all of these things and for a long time there were people in our world who were experiencing this that could not talk about it mm-hmm. so i very much understand like the activist role in not wanting to like open this up for conversation now because we finally got to a point where That's people no, recognize I, yeah. this so like please let's not take this back to the drawing board because
0: yeah like it's not up for discussion we this finally a fucking thing. got here
1: but at the same time like if we don't talk about it, things like the, I don't know, the, our laws and the way that we support transgender individuals in the future, like, we could get it wrong. Mm-hmm. And if we don't talk about it. Um, yeah. So. On October 22nd of 2018, Britain's government completed a four-month consultation with transgender or about transgender rights. And under existing law, that Transgender Recognition Act of 2004 that I mentioned, recognition, reformation, I think Reformation? I thought I thought that up. My bad. Anyway, that law, <laughs> uh, under that law, people in Britain may present themselves as they like, uh, but can only... Change the sex on their birth certificate after psychological evaluation and two years in their preferred sex role. And there's a proposed reform that would let people change their legal sex without seeking permission from the state. So that's in England. Um, In contrast, today's American administration asserts that trans people have no legal right to define their gender as different from their biological sex on the grounds that. Gender is determined by sex and is therefore set at the time that a baby is conceived, basically. Stop it. Yeah. Stop. So that's interesting, though. Like because within... you don't
0: have intersex as a sex, so what the fuck? But so, what's sorry.
1: interesting is, like, both of those two things came out within a few days of each other, like, just around the end of October. And it's interesting that we have, on the one hand, a well-established developed nation defining or er, denying the experience of gender dysphoria, basically, and saying that gender is discern- determined just by the genitals you're born with, born with, born, Good born with. <sighs> Good one. On the other hand, we have another well-established developed nation that says that people have a right to affirm their own gender, and that trying to force somebody to um, await list and and like wait and satisfy some anonymous panel to change their gender is demeaning and fundamentally not liberal and we're looking to move away from that and I just think it's interesting that within days of each other that comes out and also laws in other countries have responded really rapidly to these ideas as well um The details vary, but many European countries like Ireland, Malta, and Belgium have made it illegal to distinguish between trans and cis people in everyday life. Um, Even though the current American administration is stating that people don't get to define their own gender as different from their biological sex, there are around a dozen states in America where being able to self-identify defines access to single-sex amenities like washrooms um some australian states are considering totally leaving sex off of birth certificates and canada has gone pretty far and has granted gender identity the same status as sex and race in our uh ccrf or like federal human rights laws
0: i just want to um bring up i don't know if we defined it but cisgender means that you identify with the gender of the sex that you were assigned at birth. yes Um,
1: probably should have spoken about that from the top of this episode. My
0: bad. I also mentioned this a couple times. Um, and another thing is it strikes me like the American legislation that, you know, you're not allowed to define your gender just makes me feel like they're treating it like a disease. Like you are this gender that matches your sex and you're diseased versus like the British way of doing it is like, you can like this isn't a disease like this is a thing that we're we want you to live through so that you can essentially cure your disease with air quotes yeah like and uh be the person that you identify as yeah
1: like match your and it's also interesting because like what you're talking about is the american administration like we're talking about government but don't forget that the APA the American Psychological Association publishes the DSM and they fully fucking recognize gender dysphoria and like fully recognize that this is like they changed it to gender dysphoria to move away from the stigmatization of the word disorder because I feel like like,
0: dysphoria still
1: uh, dysphoria is like it
0: reminds me of the word body dysmorphia which is a disorder
1: well but dysphoria is more like confusion or conf- confliction. Confliction
0: I prefer over confusion. Okay. But yeah, no, I agree. Like I agree with what you're
1: I better up than what the you're word putting down. Disorder. It was called gender identity disorder before that. So like yeah. it's at least uh, it is an improvement. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, just like not all Americans is what I'm saying.
0: Um So yeah. do you have any recommendations for lister- listeners?
1: Uh yeah. So obviously I've quoted that Economist article quite a lot. Um, It was really interesting. It was really interesting. And it was given, shared to me by a very smart person. So I I really liked that article. But what I liked a lot, and I did not include any of this, is that it went into a lot of stuff that I didn't want to get into because I didn't know how. But like, again, going back to this, this is the really difficult stuff to talk about and still remain sounding respectful. Respectful um so i kind of didn't want to touch it because i didn't know how to touch it and like really get a good point across but like it went into stuff about like the complications of self identification like like i at least thought it was as simple as you know just i know who i am and or like somebody i know that i know who i am and i know that somebody else knows who they are and like it's not my place to say who another person is or what gender another person is and like it's not my business and any of that um anyway the article was really enlightening because it talked about all of this awful awful web mess of Uh. things that come out of this conversation that really don't like just like the fallout of this conversation i guess and i thought it was interesting because it did it in a way that was very objective and like scientific Mm -hmm. and not so like like probably there are a lot of trans activists that would read it who would be insulted, but there are probably a lot of trans activists who would read it and be like, I'm Validated. really glad that this is a conversation because like we can't move forward if we just, you know, stick to one narrative.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you said um, when you're like, I am this person and I know I'm this person and that person knows who they are also Um, because again, I'm going to reference a podcast that I was listening to. It was a TED radio hour podcast um and part of the the ted talk was with this guy who um uses improv as a tool to improve business practices or like and also just like or like improv like principles like yes ending and like improving life and whatever and one of the things that he said is that in order to truly feel seen or like known by somebody they have to not like see you and know you as they perceive you but they have to acknowledge and validate the way that you see yourself Mm -hmm. so like for example if i think that i'm really clumsy but like relative to everyone else i'm like really put together not clumsy at all in order for me to feel seen by somebody else they have to acknowledge the way that i see myself so it's interesting in like the light of trans people like to actually be feel seen and feel known yeah you have to be acknowledged for the way that you see yourself
1: yeah as well anyway
0: it was just a a good ted talk
1: um speaking of a good ted talk Ooh, girl. <laughs> i have another recommendation transition
0: unplanned but amazing and
1: i actually think it like it goes very well with what you were just saying about like i need like other people to acknowledge who i see myself as mm-hmm. um it uh i didn't quote it at all but it was wonderful um if you're interested in learning more about the experience of gender dysphoria it's a fantastic ted talk called i've lived as a man and a woman here's what i've learned by paula stone williams it was beautiful of course Mm. uplifting and enlightening like all ted talks but just ultimately really interesting and a unique perspective um and then finally that other ted talk i was mentioning earlier it's called getting real a transgender experience by shannon thrace so that's the the woman i mentioned earlier whose husband mm-hmm. late in life like like late 30s early 40s first time realized or like not realized but like for the first time came to the conclusion came to that. the conclusion that like they they wanted to transition to female um, just a really different inconvenient perspective on gender dysphoria one that i had never heard before and so i think is important to listen to that's
0: yeah i'm excited to listen to them
1: yeah and what's nice about the the shannon thrace one it was short it was only 10 minutes so it doesn't take a long time to to like dedicate to it but um it should have been longer i would have listened to her for for much longer it was maybe there's
0: more on the interwebs yeah maybe
1: maybe she's pu- publishing a memoir so what are your conclusions though? um shit's complicated that's my conclusion gender's complicated and gender dysphoria is really really complicated no fucking shit eh? yeah uh <laughs> it's clearly not just male and female and it's clearly not just based on genitalia um so it's, you're saying it's not just either XX or XY. That's, uh, that's it. exactly what I'm saying. Everything else um, in between is human. Yes, and also, I don't know as much as I think I do about these things. That like,
0: how's that humble pie tasting?
1: No, like, I'm I'm saying it honestly, not no. just to like. No, 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 no. Just
0: like, it's it's I like getting those kinds of awakenings when I'm looking into something.
1: Yeah. So Humble Pie for me tastes pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. Um I I just for as much as I thought like I got it, I don't. And for as much as like I thought I was an ally, I don't even know what that means.
0: What being an ally would look like? Yeah, yeah. because
1: like it's complicated. Yeah. Shit's complicated. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. And and I'm going to go on a tangent here, but if there are any Star Trek Next Generation fans listening (laughs) i'm a big next gen fan uh so if you're listening you might remember an episode where the enterprise crew encounters an androgynous humanoid race that lives in like a gender ambiguous society it's a really interesting episode it's always been one of my favorite episodes and it's interesting because it flips the perspective that we have now so like we live in a world where there are very clear lines between genders and people who are the odd man out or odd human out i should say are Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, individuals that don't identify with the sex that they're assigned at birth or who don't identify with either sex or who instead identify with both sexes or you know whatever um instead this there's this androgynous race and everyone is born kind of like both male and female or neither female nor male like they're they're androgynous and all the pronouns are gender neutral and the odd people out are people who strongly identify with a single gender and in this race those people have to hide and deny that they lean strongly to one gender um so it's just like it's exactly our society but opposite flipped Yeah, yeah like a mirror kind of almost um it, it's an enlightening episode because, of course, it is because it's Star Trek. Um, but basically, like, it assesses how our own social constructs, like, and the, it assesses those constructs and the rules that we impose on ourselves. Um, and it, it's cool because one of the members of that androgynous race, she bonds. I'm saying she because she strongly identifies female even though she's supposed to be androgynous. And she bonds um, with one of the Enterprise crew members. She reveals that she's strongly female and like shares how scary it is to live in a society where she can't be mm. female. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the one hand, she fears for her life because she's seen how people who identify as just one gender are treated. They're abused and like they're forced into going through psychotherapy to be forced into androgyny. Um, and in her world, like the idea of gender is offensive, which is like, like gender is primitive to them. And like, if you have a gender, you're less evolved than our androgynous species. Huh. Isn't that? Anyway. It's interesting
0: because like some people, well, even I said it like earlier on, I was like, we should be more comfortable with like androgynous or ambiguous people. But like, what if that becomes the norm?
1: Well, and it's cool because their species in history, like they used to have genders and then like they moved away from genders and now it's like offensive to be a gender. Um, Sounds like a good episode. It's a really good episode. And like she's in pain every day because she's forcing herself to pretend that she's something that she's not. Um, And another aspect that's really interesting in that is, is that the Enterprise crew really struggles to understand a world without gender. So like the Enterprise crew are are. A lot of them are human or they come from a gendered society and like like some of them are Klingon or something like that. But like they all come from gendered societies and they really struggle with the idea of not having gender. And the androgynous race really struggle to conceive of what it would be like to live in a world where there are clear gender roles. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it's just... It was a cool episode. And as I was researching this topic, I just like kept thinking back to it. So I watched it last night. If you are into it, check it out season five, episode 17. It's really good. Um, and it made me wonder like, yeah, again, just like getting it right. How do we get it right? Cause like this and what is what is right? Yeah. What is right? I, yeah. I don't know. Um, love yourself, love other people, listen to yourself, listen to other people acknowledge other people for who they feel they are Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um and and hopefully just everyone thinks about this just like think about it and be curious be curious try to understand something you don't understand and don't like just even at the end of it keep fighting it like just get to a point where you understand the other person and just try for that You don't have to be right or wrong. Just try to understand. That's my thoughts. That was amazing. Megan. Hopefully one day we live in a Star Trek next generation world where, like they say it in the episode, they're like, yeah, we used to have really clear gender roles. And like, even though humans have genders, like we haven't had a superior gender in hundreds of years and i was like oh my god one day <laughs> one weird. day there will be no superior gender we can all be whichever gender we want and like no one will be better than someone else that'll be amazing hopefully i can't wait that's where i'd like to get to so talk about it we can get there
0: Taco about it
1: um over tacos oh I...
0: I had tacos last night it wasn't tuesday saturday no Village. it was saturday but they're my favorite food they yes agreed firmly agreed that they are my also favorite. Okay, um, so that was an amazing episode, Megan. Thank you so much. Thank you for doing so much fucking research. Um, and I'm definitely gonna take a look at that Economist article because it sounds fascinating as well. Yeah, fun.
1: I'll send it to you. It was really good, um, really cool. A lot uh, of stats. <laughs>
0: Thank you all for listening so much. As usual, we are who knew we didn't everywhere. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, just track us down. knew we didn't we're on spotify apple podcasts i mean you're listening to us so you probably don't need to know where we (laughs) where we are also um we have we have made t-shirts we have well i
1: we say we marta made t-shirts megan drew the design but marta made them
0: i did uh i guess (laughs) if you want to give me that credit i'll take it um they are pretty cool but we have a couple that like didn't turn out fantastic just like podcasting we're new to t-shirt making <laughs> yeah so if you guys want like um a bummy t-shirt i guess <laughs> reach out let us know while supplies last we don't have like a ton but there's a few that we don't like and don't
1: know what to do with so not we don't like them but we they like them they're not perfect they're not absolutely perfect
0: yeah like some of them so i screen printed them and some of them uh it's a black shirt and the ink just like when it went on it looked really good and then it just like super hella faded by the time that it dried so they're not ugly they're just not perfect uh vibrant vibrant yeah yes like our personalities anyway that's enough they're still pretty cool though (laughs) they are that's enough rambling for today thank you guys again so much for listening and we'll talk to you in two weeks Bye. bye